Hello and welcome back to the Athletes Agency International Podcast. My name is Joseph Terry and I'm your host today uh, with our third episode. Today we're going to be speaking to a really impressive individual, Grace Convey. Uh, she's a beach volleyball player from Brisbane, Australia. She attended University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, it's a Division One program based in Louisiana and she is a maybe a bit different to our previous two guests. She has attended a university that is in a small college town in the South. And uh, the reality is it it was a culture shock for her, but what she did that was so good for herself. And uh, I think you'll see in the conversation is that she made the best out of the situation and she really embraced the culture and in the long run, it paid dividends for her. So, uh, without further ado, um, I'll let you guys get to the conversation, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Hello? Grace, there you are. Hello. Okay, I'm just not going to press any buttons on my phone. Okay, well, we're happy to have you on. Welcome to uh, the third episode of the Athletes Agency Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. We'll just kind of dive deep right into it. Um you know, today we are giving you the chance to share your story of your U.S. college experience. Um, so, you know, kind of give us a brief background on your upbringing. When did you start playing your sport? Also, what sport you're playing for those that don't know, um, you know, where you're from and kind of everything that led you up to uh, just before making the decision that you want to pursue a college opportunity. Yeah, well, I am from Brisbane, Australia, and like most of the girls in Brisbane, we actually grew up playing uh, netball as our Australian women's sport, mm-hmm. and I think it wasn't until like year eight that they introduced indoor volleyball at uh, school, and being a tall, younger athlete, um, I had a lot of fun, and I actually made teams really quickly. So we have our district teams, regional teams through the school system. And I was like making more ground with my volleyball than I was with my netball, which I'd been playing for years before that growing up. And I was like, I actually really like this volleyball stuff a little more. So I dropped netball. That was a big decision for me, especially for my family who had put a lot in for both my netball and um, growing up and stuff. But mm-hmm. volleyball just took me through the school system and then I end up making uh, some state teams, some national teams, um, a lot of camps as well. And I think at that age when we're all pretty bad at volleyball when we're still in the middle school, but I had a lot of height and I was pretty coachable. And so that gave me a lot of playing opportunities and open doors to cre- uh, join the Queensland Academy of Sport. So that's the academy where... They have lots of sports under the umbrella. They have water polo, swimming, um, uh, what is it, track and field. And they also had volleyball. And that's where I was also introduced to beach volleyball. And that's the first time I'd tried stepping into the sand. Um, and I'm probably in year nine at this point, year nine, year ten. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So this is an academy. Um, they offer some scholarships as well to keep training every day. There wasn't any uh, – there wasn't any like competition that we're training for. It was just a big group of boys and girls in volleyball training every day. And this opened up connections. And I also ended up playing for Australia uh, indoor in Thailand and beach volleyball at um, world championships. So I did under 17 and under 19 world championships um, for beach volleyball. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, and that was really exciting. That the opportunity to even represent your country overseas. Uh, you think you'd like finish the dream there, career's done, but no. Then there's just more um, opportunities that they show you and reveal to you through those experiences. But I probably decided to stop playing indoor after my first uh, beach volleyball world championships, and I just realised I love beach volleyball there's so many more opportunities to touch the ball have a contact and your impact on the game because coaches aren't allowed to help coach well the rules are changing every year with beach volleyball but coaches aren't allowed to have as much of a say as they are compared to um in indoor and I really love that about beach and yeah so that's kind of my upbringing with beach volleyball and my parents and family have been completely supportive of it and they love me playing the sport just as much as I love playing it no, that's very important. You know, without our parents, uh, we wouldn't be able to do these kind of things. So, um, yeah, no, I, I saw that you you got to represent Australia in the you know the Asian Championships. Uh, I saw you were a team captain. Uh, talk us through that kind of feeling. Um, it is a pretty crazy feeling because you, I actually I forgot to mention as well. We just started off going to national camps, and this is just where girls who all love volleyball as well come together and then it's from those camps that they make uh national team selections and so becoming captain it was just like oh but these are just my friends I'm just playing mm-hmm. with these girls with the sport I love um and then you put like a little bit more responsibility on your shoulders but honestly the coaching staff and the experience and the girls on my team at the time it didn't make it feel like I had to captain or lead any of them because they were all natural leaders and really supportive of each other but um, it was a good experience um, having a bit more pressure or like more people looking at you to perform, uh, not just on the court, but also off the court and keeping like unity in the team. And honestly, all I remember about the time is just having so much fun with the girls. I, I never really remember having to captain them. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's most important. You know, if you guys all have the common goal and you guys got the same mindset, uh, yeah. the, the, the so-called duties of captaining or leading kind of come easier. Um, and that's also a sign of being involved at your sport, you know, at the highest level, everybody has, you know, they want to be, they want to compete at, uh, at the best level that they possibly can. And so when you're in that whole group, you know, those natural leaders kind of just, it just kind of happens. Uh, but no, I, I mean, what, what, yeah, what a great experience for you. Um, unbelievable. And, uh, hats off to you. Um, you. Yeah. And so obviously you, it sounds like you were involved in a pretty great environment um, for your indoor and beach. And when you started to pursue beach, what, at what point did you decide to pursue playing collegiate sports in the States? Um, so through the Academy of Sports, there was probably a good group of five or six uh, girls and then another group of boys of the same number who were given the opportunity to, because we're all reaching um, the end of graduation in year 12 and we're all thinking about our future plans and we had some meetings about possibly staying in Australia and training at the National Institute uh, down in South Australia with the Mm -hmm. Olympians and the beach volleyball program down there and being able to show them in person my talents and skills and also me taking a risk on them not being able to fly over and have a recruit visit like a lot of U.S. athletes do. Get Correct. The to do. 
I was just relying on what the coach was telling me, my stalking on Instagram about the, the girls and the program and the school itself. And mm-hmm. I honestly wasn't sold. It was a, it was a risk for me and that's okay. I mean, I actually loved it. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't an initial spark because, to be honest, Monroe, Louisiana is a small town in Louisiana. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but college is college. Let's go do it. I've got an opportunity to play and get an education. And after I'd committed and I got over that initial uncertainty, oh, I was ecstatic to go over there, even if it wasn't the UCLA dream I thought I had envisioned where like you know in year 12 right and uh who who was your agent Dave David Hodge yeah so I think that's something that um we've all done as agents at athletes agency is um obviously you know you're halfway across the world you know it's only natural that you're going to hear about the UCLA's the Stanford's the you know the Florida Gators all that stuff um, and it's kind of our job to say, Hey, look, like, obviously those are unbelievable options, but if they're not available, then there, you know, there's other really great experiences. Um, exactly. and I think, yeah, I think Dave did a great job there, obviously. Um, you know, if you could kind of dive more deep into talking, you know, your first your you've just arrived. I mean, it's your first week. What are your initial challenges? You know, what was it like to adjusting to life in America? And then also, before you left for America, you were talking about how, uh, you know, things you've seen on the movies. What were your, like, uh, thoughts of America before you actually, before you came? And then, you know, what it was actually like? Yeah, well, I'll start with the first question about the challenges. What actually ended up happening when I was in Australia, so this must be around June, July, my coach at ULM had let me sign my beach volleyball contract. We'd fax that over. And then he hit me up a few weeks or maybe a month before mum and I had planned a little US trip, New York. We're going to visit the big cities and then we're going to land in Monroe, Louisiana, and she was going to uh, warm me up into college life. But what had happened Mm -hmm. is coach asked me, if I wanted to do a semester of indoor volleyball, he'd seen my footage. He'd seen that I'd played indoor volleyball at a higher level. And at this point I'd stopped playing indoor for maybe a year, year and a half now. And my mom, I was asking mom and I was like, mom, what do I say? I don't really like indoor anymore. I like beach volleyball. And she said, it's a hundred percent scholarship. Take it. And I was like, (laughs) Oh, okay. You are the wallet right now. I can see definitely um, how you want me to do that. And so The thing is with the indoor season, though, it was a full semester, um, a full season. So I had to cut the holiday short with mum. We didn't end up going anywhere and I had to get right into preseason with the team. So I arrived late because all my international flights were booked and I rocked up in my denim shorts and my playing gear and met the team in their spandex and their knee pads at the courts. And coach was like, all right, you've done a quick campus tour walking from your new apartment to the courts and you ready to train I was like oh gosh sure and I hadn't (laughs) played indoor in so long I was doing beach volleyball skills out on the indoor court for any beach volleyballers that are listening you get what I'm saying but um that was probably the biggest challenge for me jumping right into new technique a new indoor system and also not being able to settle in as slowly as I'd liked but in that challenge 
it was hilarious and I met all my friends and they were so welcoming and warm and helped me get used to the team. Um, and mum also got to meet a lot of my friends that way because she had her international flight to book. So she ended up spending a lot of time in Monroe, Louisiana, met the parents, met the coaches, and it definitely helped her uh, let go of me, I guess you could say, let me leave the nest, um, the fact that she got to meet everyone as I met them. Um, but living in Louisiana, um, I guess on the TV shows, we don't really get a lot of dramas or comedy shows out of the South. And so all I knew were the exaggerated Southern hillbilly uh, representations they find in these characters on TV or in cartoons. Mm-hmm. And at first glance, that's definitely what I got. I was like, oh, my gosh, someone has put me right into the Wizard of Oz and <laughs> Kansas and what is going on. I remember I was walking around campus and people were wearing cowboy hats, cowboy boots. Not everyone, definitely not everyone, but definitely more than you'll see the average Joe here in Australia wearing the cowboy hat. Um, but after that initial – it actually it did take me a while to, I think, get out of my own stereotypes about the South. I mean, I went through a sociology class and even one of the questions was, how do you think us Southerners are portrayed by the rest of the world? And the answers they gave, I could confirm. They they said that people assume they are slower or not as smart and we all just live on a farm or we're all living in tiny towns. And I was like, oh, this is a tiny town. But you definitely see past the stereotypes and they're the most uh, polite, warm, that Southern hospitality, that is definitely true. Um, yeah, absolutely. Everyone, yeah, and everyone has a very real interest and care factor about them. I guess in Australia, to relate it to northern states, we're not cold, but we go about our day and we don't necessarily uh, put manners or etiquette at the top of our priorities. But it was mm-hmm. definitely refreshing and just really welcoming. Um, they made it super easy to be a part of the community because it is a smaller college town where I went. Monroe, Louisiana, and so the population around uh, the campus is still very much connected to the school and the university. So everyone's really invested and really wants to see the best outcome for their students, their athletes. Um, So that was really nice. But America is Australia's uh, cousin rather than sister or brother, I'd say. We're we're similar, but we're very different still. Mm -hmm. I understand. No, I... uh... I can relate. I, I'm actually from South Carolina. Really? And I, yeah, I went to, uh, I started out at a small school in Denver, Colorado. So I made the move all the way out to Colorado. The only one from my high school or even, I think I was, I mean, uh, the only one from South Carolina at the school. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of a, a slight culture change mm. for me. Obviously I, I'm from America, but coming from the South where it's, uh, you're asking everybody how your day is and uh, yeah. yes, sir, no, sir, all, all those things. And then you go to a, a school and it's a completely different environment. Uh, but every, everybody's still well-mannered in their own way. Um, so, yeah, I understand those changes. Uh, moving, moving further, you know, you talked about your mom preparing you. You talked about um, Dave as your agent. How did Athletes Agency... What were, what were the main benefits that you got out of the whole process? 
Oh, they were massive for um, me and my family because we definitely tried reaching out to coaches over in the US on our own. We tried putting our own mm-hmm. together, got some examples from other people we've seen do it and even other sports. Um, like maybe if they put something up on YouTube, we tried replicating that content, um, tried reaching out. But at the end of the day, I don't know what they were looking for. I don't know what keywords sparked their interest. I don't know what language to use. I didn't, and again, I was reaching out to those big schools who I didn't realize till later on once I arrived, they've already got their 2024 class lined up. And I'm starting the process a little later than a lot of US students because just being in Australia, our years are not synced up and I was a bit late into like getting interest into the US system. And so having mm-hmm. Dave on board, he was very, um, he was really curious about what I wanted out of the college experience and then he wrapped that with up with his knowledge and uh was really realistic about the expectations he from the get-go was like look we might not be getting you into harvard even though i might once upon a time would would have wanted to go to harvard but i very quickly realized oh this is a massive country there are so many schools and so many opportunities and dave really knew how to get the attention my talents and skills needed and also get my videos out there and uh campaign me and market me i suppose uh Mm -hmm. coaches to get what i wanted out of the college experience so i let him know what i wanted and he did all the medium work for me he did all the talking and um he did a really great job because i was definitely having no success on my own me and mum tried Mm -hmm. we really did we gave it our best effort um, and so definitely worth it going through Dave and the triple A. Um, his wife also actually played volleyball. So that was really encouraging to know that he was an Australian who went through the U S system as a tennis player. And also his wife was, um, playing volleyball in college as well. So I had that type of support in the back of my mind to know that Dave really knew what he was doing. Yeah. And all of us, uh, involved at athletes agency have all been former, uh, whether it's NCAA and AIA junior college all former athletes in the U.S. college system. So we've we've been through it, you know, firsthand. So that's where that knowledge, firsthand knowledge comes from. Um, now, you said, you know, your decision to go to college in the States was mainly based on the academic side. You wanted that to be a big focus. What did you end up majoring in? Oh, I ended up majoring in speech language pathology, but I, on my... Um papers that I had to sign before I got to the US I wrote down biology and then once I got to the US I, my academic advisor said you know you gotta take a lot of chemistry even for a biology major I was like whoa nope so then I changed mm-hmm. to kinesiology which is a pretty broad um, major in America and mm-hmm. under that you've got sports management you've got physio and I was thinking I love the body I love marketing let me go into that And then I started considering, is this transferable back home? And it wasn't. So any Aussies going over there, don't do kinesiology if you're looking to come back home. But then I did my own research for a little bit. So I did like a year, maybe half a year of kinesiology doing those subjects. And then Mm -hmm. I looked online what was transferable between America and Australia. And speech language pathology had um, an agreement, like along with a lot of other Commonwealth nations, um, that the jobs and the certification will be recognized along amongst all these countries. And I was like, great, I'm sold. 
speech pathology still has some biology aspects to it. I'd be helping people. And then I just jumped right in and ended up loving it. So that's my major now. <laughs> awesome. No, that's really good. Um, and then, you know, talking about the course load and everything, um, talk to us about, you know, what's a normal week like for you, uh, you know, in, in season, whether it's beach or uh, indoor and handling your coursework uh, throughout that week? Yeah, well, beach and indoor during an um, off season have pretty similar schedules, at least for my university, because we're under the same uh, coaching staff. But mm -hmm. the week off season will usually consist of six days of practice, like training, and three days mm -hmm. of weights. And if you're lucky, which it sucks at the time, but uh, overall it's a benefit, getting those sessions knocked out in the morning. So then you have your classes during the day and then time to study at night and in the afternoon. Um, with my major, a lot of the uh, sessions uh, classes were in the afternoon. And so I had a really spaced out senior year. I had practice, break, um, class, and then maybe I had weights and then class. And then I ended up studying at night. Um, freshman year to senior year, you'll definitely transition between a different uh, type of schedule, especially with study hall. Um, as a freshman, you have to get certain study hall hours, at least through my program and at my school you did as an athlete. And so I mm -hmm. started with six hours, which took up a bit of my weekly uh, scheduling, I guess you could say. And then at the end of it, though, as a senior, and even in my junior year, I had no study hall hours. So studying was up to me. Obviously, uh, you'd hope so, <laughs> but yeah, um, studying was up to me and it really freed up my schedule. Um, but during season, you'll travel um, for beach volleyball. It's a tournament schedule, so you don't just travel and play one game. You'll travel and play a tournament against four or three, maybe even five other schools. And so they'll block out your whole weekend on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And whether you're flying or busing, you will travel from that Thursday, midday maybe, and then you'll arrive back on Saturday night or even a Sunday midday. So during season, it's a 10-week season for um, the typical conference season for beach volleyball. You will be traveling um, every weekend and having those weekdays to catch up on school and manage your schoolwork and really try and get as much done as you can before you're traveling because bus Wi-Fi is terrible Wi-Fi <laughs> to try and get work right. done. Yeah, I think... Uh... You know, uh, people don't really realize, I mean, all sports have like a hectic schedule, but the, um, from what I've seen from as a, as a football player or soccer player, when I was in college, the volleyball schedule is just brutal, um, especially yeah. if you're doing beach and indoor, it, it's, it's absolutely brutal. Um, so hats off to you for being able to juggle that and still do well in school. Um, yeah, of course. And then also talk about, you know, you, you, you're at university of louisiana monroe it's a smaller college town talk about the facilities and was that eye-opening to you what are they like there because our previous two guests are maybe one was at rutgers which is more of a it's a bigger state school the facilities are going to be obviously they're going to be crazy um talk to us what it's like at ulm is it still you know up to par with other schools that you were seeing yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, ULM was definitely up to par with other schools. Obviously, you had standout schools with huge funding and um, success. I'm talking LSU and the UCLA's and that. And um, mm -hmm. 
was it Southern California's, they're in a league of their own. But no, I was really impressed with ULM's um, facilities, mainly because the town as a whole, especially coming from Brisbane, Australia, isn't uh, from first initial perspectives, isn't as well kept uh, on the outskirts of the campus as it is in the campus. The campus is beautiful. The facilities are amazing. We just got a new training facility. It had hot tubs, ice tubs, as in like pool-sized hot tubs and ice tubs. Um, and wow. I, think I definitely got the chance to compare ULM facilities when I traveled to other schools for tournaments because they usually offer their showers and their locker rooms for us to mm -hmm. um, get ready for the bus trip home. And that's when us and the team, we all look at it like, oh, look at their locker rooms. Look what they've got. Or, oh, we've got this. And we do have a little comparison, a little joke around with and compare each other's schools with our facilities and theirs. But no, I was actually really impressed with ULM's. Um, and coming from QAS, I had been exposed to a weight room facility and physiotherapist already prior to college. And I, the standard of care and also how well-maintained and the technology in the facilities were actually pretty similar, which it did surprise me. And that's my fault that I do, uh, sorry, did have a typical view of Monroe, Louisiana before I get there. Um, but no, the student athletes and the athlete industry in college systems is really well supported and funded. And that was definitely, you can see it in the facilities. Our gym, our weight room was uh, underneath the football stand stadiums. And so it was this massive dark room with Warhawks. So it's where the Warhawks at Louisiana Monroe and mm -hmm. Warhawks everywhere, logos everywhere, mirrors all around. And then hallways and offices. It, it was pretty incredible. I'm obviously used to it now, but I remember the first month of going into the facilities, I was like, Oh wow, this is massive. And it's so, uh, teamly, they put the logo everywhere. They put the uh, jerseys all around, and you really feel like an athlete. You're a part of something bigger than just yourself when you're inside these facilities. But in saying that as well, there was obviously um, the courts and indoor volleyball shared the courts with basketball, and obviously basketball uh, they bring in huge crowds, and so it was a massive coliseum-shaped stadium. Um, Again, stuff that I'm used to now, but thinking back to freshman grace mindset, I was really in awe of what even this small college town and this smaller college was producing for its athletes. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's big time. Um, I, I always remember when I was looking at schools, uh, the facilities was like on the top of my list of things that I wanted mm. to make sure that it was good. You know, whether they had a good playing field, uh, Good locker room, weight room, all those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, we're, we're going further in time. You talked freshman grace mindset. Now, for those that don't know, you're a graduated. You're, you finished your senior year. Um, what are, your, what are your, next, your next steps? What's next for you? Well, I just love Monroe so much. I'm going back for two years to complete my master's in speech pathology. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that Amazing. was actually, and yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, and so what do you? What are your further goals with the speech pathology um, major? I, I, after you get the master's, do you plan on taking that back to Australia? Do you want to stay in the states, or uh, do you just not know yet? Geez, Joe. Yeah, tough in the 
asking the tough question. <laughs> I um yeah, of course. I'm actually my dad's an American, and so by descent, I'm an American citizen. So I'm actually pretty lucky. I have the opportunity to stay there and work, or come back and live in Australia. Um, oh, great. I'm dating a guy over there right now, so obviously that has a little bit, mm-hmm. a, a little influence on the decision. But no, I am going to get my master's, um, especially with all this corona stuff going on. Uh, that's a big goal of mine, just to get over there as quickly as I can and get it done and knuckle down. But after that, I do hope, actually, I'll stay in America. I think that is secretly my plan, but sometimes I don't want to admit it because I just love home so much. But right. there's things to love about both homes because I have lived there for four years now, so I do consider... America home. If I wanted to stay in Monroe, Louisiana, probably not just because uh, by the end of my master's, I would have spent six years there. And if I am going to be so far away from Australia, I think I'd want to live and experience another part of America. Um, see mm-hmm. what's like. And honestly, speech language pathology is such a new and evolving career and profession. Uh, jobs will be all over America. And so I'm really excited about the opportunities but um, I'm definitely not nervous, but uncertain about how these two years will go for me because I only know ULM through the eyes of an athlete. I have my friendship group. I have the support system from the academic side because I am an athlete. You know, they're helping us with our scheduling. They help us nav- – and, and as an international athlete, they help us navigate um, the system and tell us where to go if we need information about finance, financial aid or the registry. Um, I'm going to be on my own now when I get back in there as a grad school student. I'm just like everyone else. I'm not the Australian Mm -hmm. football player. I'm going to be the graduate SLP, just like the other students that are in the same major as me. So I think that'll be exciting to see that new perspective and new role, I guess I'll have at ULM. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And to keep going on the tough questions, Obviously, you you talked uh, you touched on the corona and the mm. pandemic that the world's going through right now. You're in your senior year, and due to this pandemic, you, you know you played your last game without knowing. Yeah, it, everything ended abruptly. The, tell us about those emotions. It, everything kind of just happened at once. Obviously, you're you're gonna get the return, and you're gonna go to your masters, but um, it's obviously not an ideal way to end your senior year. But also it shouldn't put a damp uh, a damper on all your accomplishments that you've done in the four years. No. So yeah. Talk us through, talk, talk us through that. Well, it's a bit of mixed emotions, really. I know that um, me and one other girl started in the beach volleyball program as freshmen together. And she is from Louisiana Monroe. And again, small town, she was the only girl on the team from uh, that was a local. And we kind of went through this whole process of, growing and getting better at volleyball but also growing off the court together and we um I just I wish I could explain it in one sentence but the emotions are so mixed because part of me was getting ready that this was my final season I have to start thinking about the next steps I was finishing the applications for grad school so sometimes my mindset was in grad school education and then I was brought back into season and I was like okay I got to finish strong and I was having the best season I'd had at ULM. It was one of the funnest. It mm. just pressure was off. I didn't feel like I had to perform for anyone else but myself. And in turn, I ended up performing better for my school and for my team. Um, and so in saying that the season was cut short, yeah, it was, it was sad. But at the same time, 
it would have been more sad if I didn't give it my all. But I knew I gave it my all at the final push there. And I actually finished on a win. Woohoo. If I finished on a loss, mm-hmm. I might be having a different conversation with you right now. But finished last, <laughs> my last game on a win. And I was feeling really proud of myself, of everything I'd accomplished, because I knew I went there, like I said, with education as the priority. And I guess in turn, I'm finishing off with education as my priority, getting my master's there. So it came around full circle. Um, Another thing with the program as well, we've gone through pretty, uh, what's the word, an unstable coaching staff, just in the sense that a lot of um, my freshman year and sophomore year, we switched coaching staff. And then again, my senior year, we switched again. And so there hasn't been a solid foundation for the program to just leap off. I know that this staffing... Mm. The staffing crew that are there now is definitely going to be there for a long time and they're looking to build the program with the program's best interest in mind. So I'm really excited for the future girls to come through that program. But I think for me, not being able to uh, connect the the journey with the coaching staff that was with me the whole time, um, I really lent on that other little freshman and who's a senior with me now, but that other girl as my leaning block, like, hey, we've been through this together um and same with my other teammates as well because a lot of them were second year seniors and so they they've obviously pursued their masters and they played their fifth year and i'd gone through the program Mm -hmm. with them as well and so we're all leaning on each other like we did it guys we went through the roughest the the trenches together and here we are coming out the end we've got to be proud of ourselves we gave it all we got um i just i don't know i feel proud but also ready to get on to the next uh step of my career oh, not my career my yeah. journey yeah but it is sad but I, yeah. I, I mentally I was like okay I guess it's just telling me time to move on a little bit faster now yeah and uh, uh, something also keep in mind is that um you know there's so many others that are in the same position so mm. you kind of just have to you kind of just have to you know okay this is what's going on and you know you know I have to get on with things but it's good that you're you're going to get to return do you think you might stay involved with the program a little bit, maybe as a, a grad assistant or help out a little bit? Um, definitely. I won't do grad assistantship just because the role is pretty demanding. Like they have to travel with the team and they have to do a lot of scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely volunteer coach. I know that beach volleyball budgets around the nation are pretty tight already. And so being able to help out with the coaching and staying involved with the team on when I have free time and that'll be helpful for them, but also helpful for me because I'd love to give something back to the team that's given so much to me, but definitely on a volunteer type of thing, not so much paid. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and that's good. Um, Yeah, it's always good to stay involved uh, if you can, especially if you're going to return, you know, you're getting your master's. You've had a, it's a great journey so far. So I think we're all you know, all of us at Athletes Agency are excited to see what you go on and you accomplish. Um, I, you know, there's, I think there's bright things uh, ahead of you. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting to hear everybody's story. And, you know, it's, it's really, everybody really has a different, a, a different path is what I've come to learn by getting to speak with all you guys. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, your, your journey, uh, it's, it's great. It's amazing. Uh, you accomplish great things. One last thing that I, I, um, I thought I, I saw somewhere, were you one of the first or the only uh, Australian to one. compete in beach volleyball? Uh, not to compete. Actually, we had, um, 
Jess Namo, she's playing for Australia and with the program in South Australia. She actually played for UCLA. But um, me and my actually really good friend, Georgia Johnson, we are the first to graduate and c- complete a degree in the US on a beach volleyball scholarship. So others amazing. have done it, but they haven't uh, finished. Gotcha. Well, that's amazing work. Uh, hats off to you and your friend, Georgia. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I think I think that really... Um, I think that really kind of defines your journey. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's really cool to be able to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, wrap, wrap, wrapping things up, you know, I have, I have four last things for you. Um, and they're kind of advice out to everybody. Uh, first off is, you know, what, what's one piece of advice that you would give to all the athletes currently who are, you know, maybe interested in the U.S. college pathway? Oh, I even tell um, people that ask me about it now, just do it. If you're having uncertainties, I think the best thing to do is try it out. The worst thing that happens is you don't like it, perhaps even hate it, and then you just fly home. I had a lot of friends, or actually I had one friend who did that. She was from the Netherlands. She tried it out, met some lifelong friends, didn't really like the system, but then flew back home and continued her studies back in the Netherlands, and that just showed me that, you really can give it a go um, and not have to be afraid of committing or making the wrong decision because you can always change that decision. I think the second thing is also don't judge a college by um, its size or its location. Um, college is college. America's really got college figured out. Um, it's a great experience everywhere and anywhere you go. Um, I think don't have really rigid ideas of what you want going into the US because trust me you don't know what you want until you get there and even now I'm still figuring out what I want but I'm so glad that I took a chance on Little Monroe Louisiana and I just want to tell everyone else to take a chance on that school that they're on the fence about no that's really well said Grace um you know you kind of pretty much touched on it but is there anything looking back now that you maybe would have changed (laughs) Um, maybe just some freshman year decisions, you know, just got to earn your way up the ranks a little bit. No, nothing I would change. I think, no, not really anything. I don't have any regrets because whether it was a challenge or it was an achievement, I learned something from it and definitely grew from it. Um, college has really shaped who I am regardless of being an athlete over there. Um, the cultural experience and figuring out who you are, um, you just, all the experiences matter, the good and the bad. So no, there's nothing that I would check. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think it's important to, for the athletes out there that maybe are thinking about this pathway is to not maybe focus so much on just, you know, what conference it's in and Mm. how well the team's doing, but also, it's all about the, the full experience and who you're going to be, who you're going to become at the end of it. You know, you, you, you really grow as a person, you get to meet lifelong friends that you said, and those friends are going to be people that you will stay in touch with for the rest of your life. I know me personally, those exact teammates and friends that feel like family to me, uh, now we're all, we're going to each other's weddings and it's like another, it's like almost another four years of, of, of amazing, you know, uh, memories yeah. just outside of college. So they really stick with you for life and uh, the people that you meet will go a long way. Mm. Um, 
moving on is what is your your favorite thing about athletes agency um i think how um athletes agency stays connected with their athletes but also doesn't um intrude in a way so they really helped uh, i've already mentioned they really helped me get to the u.s without them i wouldn't have been seen by any coaches but then once i was over there the first year they stayed up to date and um but after that, they really let us take control of our college life and college experience. And I really appreciated that, that they weren't too um, in, not, I don't want to say in our face. I can't think of a more proper word to use. But, you know, Dave would catch up with me when I'd come home for breaks or maybe a year or a year and a half would pass and be like, how are you going? I was like, yeah, good, loving it. Like, thank you again so much for the opportunity and helping me get there. But really, after AAA helps you, it's all on me. And I really love that. Yeah, I think it's good to have the feeling that you know we're there if you need us. But once once you get there, it, you know, it's it's up to you to kind of determine how you're going to make your experience. Completely. And it's always it's always comforting to know that you if you if you ever get in a tight spot or if you just need some quick advice, we're always there. We're a phone call away, email away, whatever it may be. But I think that's uh, part of the whole thing. It's almost like having a, another set of parents, you know, we're releasing yeah. you off to the university and, you know, you, now it's up to you. Um, you know, we, we've taught you everything we know, and now it's time for you to, you know, go and accomplish great things. Um, lastly, you know, you, you've done your four years in your location. Uh, the other two that I had on the show, they were in a bit of a colder climate mm. than Louisiana. I know in Louisiana, it's that, deep south humidity yeah trust me i grew up with it um <laughs> what are what are four essentials like your, your america starter pack that you would tell someone to bring oh geez um well <laughs> i'd say your favorite aussie snack so whether it's tim tan what's that for you uh i think mine had to be tim tans yeah my mom kept taking me with tim tams and shipping tim tams to me the team loved them i mm. loved them Mum would be like, make sure you share these. And I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> but definitely Tim Tams. And, of course, Vegemite because you're going to force everyone to try Vegemite no matter how much they complain. Um, so a little mm. favourite Aussie snack. I also think um, I spent every Australia day in the US. And so some something Australian to flaunt, whether it's a hat, um, a stupid Australian bikini or one of those blue Aussie flag board shorts, a flag something that you can wear or flash around on Australia Day because they're going to take very big interest in that, especially in the South. They're like, woo, Aussie Day, Aussie Day. But so that was really cool <laughs> to celebrate with my American friends. Um, and I think as well, oh, flip-flops, pair of thongs, as the Americans call them, flip-flops. But a pair of thongs for sure need to stand out from the crowd in your gummy thongs. Um, and the second thing is pretty, I hate to be corny, but – a memento of family or friends, just something. I know that my family wrote cards and letters, something to look back on because you really do miss home sometimes when it gets into like busy finals weeks and exams. You just need a little reminder that like why you're there pushing through. Um, it usually hits around the third month of the semester and looking at photos and looking back on the encouragement that my family and friends had for me moving overseas and the support I have back home. That really helped me push through for that last final grind until I got to come home for the break. So that's my point. Yeah, no, all, <laughs> all, all great things, all great things. I know 
during my time in New Zealand, I certainly loved Tim Tams. Uh, so yes. uh, that's something now that I wish I did have uh, as well. <laughs> so maybe that's something I would bring. Um, but no, Grace, thank you for sharing your journey. It's It's uh, been an incredible journey so far. Uh, like, like I said earlier, we're all really proud of your accomplishments. Um, you did so well and you really, uh, made, you staked your claim on beach volleyball and, you know, making, making the best out of the experience at a small college town. Um, so hats off to you Thank you. and, so you know, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And, um, I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future and hear great things. Yes. Thank you, Joe. I hope you're doing well in Germany. What a great conversation with Grace. At first, she wasn't convinced about Monroe, but she arrived with an open mind, great worth ethic, and a willingness to embrace the culture that she was in, and now she can call it a home. As you heard, Grace will be returning to study a master's in speech pathology. We are all so proud of what she has accomplished these past four years, and we look forward to what she can achieve in the future. Hats off to you, Grace. New episodes are coming every Monday, so be sure to stay alert on our social media. You can follow us on Instagram, at Kiwi Athletes Agency, and also our other account, at Aussie Athletes Agency. You can also follow us on Spotify, Athletes Agency International Podcast. So give us a follow, share with uh, friends and family. And lastly, a big thank you to Grace for coming on today and sharing her story. And thank you to all you listeners out there tuning in. We really appreciate it. See you next week.